0: Praise God, praise God. As you remain seated, reading to you from the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 12, verse 28 through 30. Today's word is love God with all you got. Love God with all you got. I know that's not the best grammar, but it works for Kansas City, all right? Love God with all you got. The Bible says, then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Amen. Love God with all you got. I used to despise Valentine's Day. but Then I met the lovely Anna and it's one of my most favorite days of the year. You know, Valentine's Day, it's kind of like Christmas if you're alone and I don't really like to be around people. Valentine's Day and Christmas, the holidays, it has its way of just showing you how alone you really are. And even though I pretended like I was good during my single years, I dreaded Valentine's Day because I was alone. And even Christmas, even though I had family, it was something that I dreaded because I felt so alone inside. And that's because and I know God calls some of us to live a single life, and if you are that way, it is a beautiful thing. And Don't let anybody else ever tell you otherwise. Some people are called to it, and God uses you for that. A lot of the apostles lived that way. Jesus lived that way. But for the rest of us, because being single is a power, let me tell you. But for the rest of us, we're uh, uh, just mere, we, mere and weird, meek peasants, as it were. We can't handle it. And uh, I remember when I met Anna, I wanted to tell her I loved her right when I met her but guys, you can't do that. It's going to scare her off. And it has to go slow. Maybe about three or four months, you can finally say, I love you. After about two months after a phone call, we dated long distance. I almost let it slip. I almost said, oh, have a good night. And the next time we talked, she kind of brought that up. And I said, uh, Yeah, I kind of do, but I'm not ready to say it yet. So we had a code for about a month. We L-word you. (laughs) And I'll never forget when I finally told her, I love you, and to have her tell me, I love you back, brought me so much joy. It feels so good to have love in your life with who you're married to, your children, your family, your friends, to know that the love you're giving out, you're giving the same thing back. Even though he is God, he's not that much different when it comes to a relationship. A relationship with God is not built upon just rules alone or parameters. But there is a lot of emotions involved, let me tell you. There's a lot of feelings involved. And let me tell you how serious God is about it. He's not going to wait after three months after your altar call time up here to tell you he loves you. But even before you ever even make a move, he told you he loved you. (laughs) He was not afraid to say it. He was not afraid to express it. Matter of fact, he hung on a cross to show you just how much he loves you. Before you ever darken the doors of this church or any other church, When you were out in the world sinning, carousing, living a horrible, frivolous life, God was up in heaven saying, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. Oh, his love is real. And it's alive. And let me tell you, most people that come into the doors of this church God's not going to get you here, but he is going to get you right here. And I've already talked to a few guests today. They've already told me I feel God and I like what I feel because that's what God is after in those first moments of your walk with him in the oneness Pentecostal church. It's not about brain power or how much you know, but rather can you feel him and can God feel you? I've come to preach to you today a message of love, a message of a strong relationship because for too long many people gave up on God, but there are people around here that realize that God does love and he wants his love back and I've come to teach you and preach to you how to have that type of relationship with him. He's a loving God and he wants your love back. The time of Moses, when the Lord raised him up to be a deliverer, to pull Israel out of Egypt, God used him to show mighty signs and wonders, but to also be a lawgiver, to teach the people exactly how God wanted things done. And Moses commanded the people that your God in heaven is not two, he is not three, He is not four, five, six, 600, 800, 900, 9,000, 3.2 million. Your God is one. Emphatically, numerically, always one. A big revelation. Because the pagans and the nations round about, all of the people groups throughout the earth, there was no worship of one God, but the worship of many gods. But the Lord had given Moses insight, and any time God would appear unto Moses, it was always one. It was not two burning bushes on fire. It was not three burning bushes on fire. It was always one burning bush on fire. Anytime the Lord would appear to him on top of the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, it was never two men. It was never three men or four men. It was always just one manifestation of Almighty God. Even on the mountain, Horeb, whenever they walked up there, it says they saw Almighty God. They didn't see two men or three men. It was always one man. And the prophet Isaiah foretold about this. He said one day God is going to become Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And you look at Mary. Did she give birth to two men? No. She didn't give birth to three men. She gave birth to one man because God is one. And the image of the Lord is in the man, Jesus Christ. God is one. He's always been one. He will forever be one. And that one God wants one heart and one soul and one mind and one strength from all of you. Oh, we've got to love him. The oneness of God is established right in the beginning of the Bible. God said we're going to make this man in the image of God. And God, when he formed man of the dust of the ground, didn't make two or three or four. Adam was one because God is one. The pagans were different. They believed that there were many gods. It's not just one controlling it all, but many. You got to be careful when you study this stuff. You get to studying deep things. Let me tell you, the devil will attack your mind. You study your Bible, you're going to get a good education, but it's all right to have a little summary, an idea of what the world believes in. And I've studied this a little bit here and there. But the pagans, you go back and look in history, all cultures, whether they come from the Middle East or in the ancient West or the East or Africa or whatever, they all believe the similar thing, that the creation began with three gods. Most of them taught that the son was a god and his wife was a the moon, and the sun and moon were husband and wife, and their first child was the biggest planet that you see from earth, and that is Jupiter. But because of lust, because of betrayal, because of all kinds of things going on there, the moon left the sun and married her son, left the daytime to form the nighttime, thus leaving her husband, the sun, The pagans called him Baal. You see that word in the Bible, ruled the day all by himself. But at night, you had the moon and Jupiter that birthed all of the starry host. And all of their offspring had war with each other. The pagans described them to look like half man, half beast, minotaurs, centaurs, things like that in the sky. Some animals here, some animals there. And the starry host was always in conflict. Because of their relationships, it then birthed the existence of the earth that is what Moses is up against to get that spirit that the Egyptians taught out of his people that the earth was not created in chaos that the earth was not created because of divorce and an incestuous relationship and then conflicts between all of the starry host but God is loving and caring and one God when he made something he said it's good He made the sun, the moon, and the stars, and he looked and said, it's good. He made all of the animals and said, it's good. He made the oceans, he made the birds, he made the fish, he made everything, he made mankind, and he said, it is so good. That's what God began this world with, goodness, and he wants to continue that goodness in your life. Because of Christianity, a lot of the pagan ideology has been eradicated in the mainstream line of the world, and I thank God for that. But it still exists in the form of evolution. Although evolution doesn't say that there were gods from the sun and the moon and the stars, but they believe and they teach, and they're putting it out there in schools. The theory of evolution, that all of creation began with an explosion. No purpose. No real reason for existence, just an explosion. And through that explosion and that chaos is why you and I are here. It is no wonder that most people live this life not having any reason to live. It's because of what they have been taught, the religion of the secular society that you exist because of a meaningless explosion. And the pagans lived this way in the time of Moses. They thought because the gods were in constant chaos that we need to be in constant chaos. And they offered sacrifices unto these gods and fought wars in the name of these gods. But God sent a man by the name of Moses to stand up and say to Israel that your God is one. And he doesn't want you to hate, but he wants you to love him. He doesn't want you to be in conflict with him. He doesn't want you to be worried about what he's going to do, but rather he wants you to love him and trust him and depend upon him so much so that you just stand back and let God fight the battle for you. You stand back and let God provide for you. You stand back and let God become your everything. God was not far out somewhere. God wasn't here or there, but rather he was right there present with all of the people. And I feel to tell somebody who is lacking purpose in their life, and you feel like, as it were, your life is in chaos, like the ancient pagans said the world needed to be. I've come to tell you the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't live in chaos, but he lives in perfect peace. He doesn't live a life of no meaning, but he's got the greatest meaning ever known to mankind, and that is to love him and to worship him and to serve him, not only here on this earth, but one day in heaven. It's time for humanity to discover its purpose all over again and it was not to hate God or not to have God but it was to have him and to love him and to be in a relationship with him and maybe just today you can start that loving relationship with him and find purpose. Oh, everybody, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody today. What you've been looking for, it's here. And you can have it today, and that is love with God. Israel fell away from loving their God and wanted to be like the nation's roundabout. In order for their religion to appear more relevant to the Ammonites and the Moabites, they began to allow their gods to be built on top of their highest mountains called the high places. But it didn't just stop there. They said, why don't we bring the gods down into the streets? And why don't we take trees and carve them into their gods and the stones? And it went from the mountaintops to even into their own temple, all to be relevant. Let me tell you this, it doesn't work ever. We'll always do things around here to build connections with people. But one thing you and I will never change, it is the message of one God. It is the message of one God, the message of Jesus' name, baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost by the sign of speaking in other tongues, and this message of holiness and separation. Because I figured it out a long time ago, and we're seeing it in our society. People are starting to wake up and realize this world got it wrong all along, and they're coming to the church where men dress like men and women dress like women, and people love God and are living holy lives, and they're not living a double life. We've got rid of our hypocrisy. But we are living for God day in and day out because this city deserves a church that is real on Sunday. And as real as they are on Sunday, we're that real on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Praise the Lord. Because we love our God. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. When he manifested, he started teaching a message of love because hate had filled the land, hatred for the nation's roundabout. They went from trying to live like the nation's roundabout to not even talking to the nation's roundabout. They put up a barrier between themselves and them. And that's why Jesus said, do not hate your enemies because your enemies need to see God inside of you. They need to see God with you. And you know it. I know it. If you have hate for anybody, once that hate is there, that hate oftentimes becomes directed at people that you never thought you would hate. That is the way the human heart works. What is in it, it flows out to anybody and everybody. And that's why God has told us don't hate, don't hold it, but forgive it, let it go. Continue to move on because your hate is going to destroy you and destroy every meaningful relationship you have. I had somebody in this church a few weeks ago come up to me and say, I can't forgive. I feel like I forgive my family, my friends, the people that hurt me, but I come back here and I feel like I have to do it all over again. I put my arms around this brother's shoulder and I said, that is normal. That is exactly the way it is supposed to be. Most of us can't forgive who has offended us all in one moment. If you can, do it. God bless you. But for the rest of us, memories come up, horrible experiences come up. You know the human brain's like a time machine. It goes to the past, the future, the present, wherever, all the time. And those thoughts and those experiences, they will arise up whenever the brain wants them to. And if you're not careful and you dwell on that, you could go back to the way it was at the very beginning and that same offense can come up. That's why Jesus said, pray, Father, forgive them as you have forgiven me every single day. It's called maintaining forgiveness. Keeping after it day in and day out. So when those memories come up, forgive it again. I don't care if you have to forgive it now until Jesus comes. It will be absolutely worth it because if you forgive, it will let go of the hate and the power of love will fill your life and watch amazing things happen. Praise the Lord. One of the Pharisees asked the Lord, what's the greatest commandment? Hmm. You know, he could have said, thou shalt not lie. He could have said, thou shalt not steal. But the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing the law, being the law, understanding it perfectly, he said the greatest commandment is to love your God, the one true God. And he quotes Moses, how to love him. You love him with your heart. You love him with your soul, and you love him with your strength. That's what Moses taught. But translating from Hebrew into Greek and now to English, they added the word mind. It's not an error in translation, but so the Greek-speaking Christians could understand what Moses was trying to teach, that you love God not with just a part of yourself, not just with your words, not just with your thoughts, but your whole entire being, from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, all of that is required to love God. You love him with your heart, you love him with your soul, you love him with your mind, and you love him with your strength. You know, that's a difficult thing to do sometimes. I'll give you, for instance, you know, last Sunday, there was probably about 50 of you that came in with chief shirts, and I didn't say a word, and I won't say a word. But during worship service, you can wear your chief shirt, that's fine. Don't expect me to up here. i got to preach. Come on. But I looked around, and I'm telling you, I felt energy in this house. People had their hands raised. People were clapping their hands. People were stomping their feet. You know why? There was excitement and energy in here. But I looked around and saw a whole lot of strength. But you know what? I didn't see a whole lot of mind because a lot of our minds were on kickoff time. And we had to bring it around and focus it. This happens a lot sometimes in church. You can just feel a good thing, but you look around, there's not much movement because everybody has their heart on the Lord, but they're tired and don't want to move. The greatest services that we have around here is when everybody is giving it all they got. In worship, in the preaching, and in the altar call, the giving, everything. Your heart is in it. Your mind is in it your soul is in it, and your body is in it. That's when we start having some good church around here. I'm telling you, it's a real deal. I used to, um, I'd like to think that I took care of my cars, but there was a lot of times in my life a check engine light soon would come on, I would just lay my hands on it, and I'd say I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Go, light, go, 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 go. And I had this idea that the car, it's kind of like getting a cut on your arm. It'll heal itself. It'll just heal itself. And I realized after I dropped my transmission on the road one day, I've got to maintain my car. It's a little bit of an exaggeration. Have you ever been driving in your car and you take your hands off the steering wheel just for a second and all of a sudden your car goes, you know what you need? An alignment. That alignment will keep that car going straight. I don't care how old it is or how new it is. If that car is not aligned, you're going to spend more money on tires. You're going to have a lot of auto problems. You're going to be stressed, gripping that wheel, trying to keep that car straight. And a lot of things are going to go wrong if that car is out of alignment. But with an aligned car, your tires will last longer. Your engine will last longer. You'll have better oil in your car. Everything revolves around that alignment. And God's love works the exact same way. If you're feeling a little bit off between you and God, maybe because your heart is not where your feet are. Or maybe because your feet are not where your heart is. Or your mind is not where your soul is. But if you can learn to put the love of God with everything you got in proper alignment, watch the check engine light soon Disappear. Watch yourself be able to go far and for a long time with God and never get turned to the left and never get turned to the right. For if you will love him, the greatest force of all, with everything you've got, there is no devil in hell that can bring you down. Mm. Alignment. You ever seen mothers in third world countries, they get a huge, huge water pot. I'm talking little women, skinny women, go down to the river with that water pot and scoop it up and pick it up, A 100-pound water pot, put it on top of their heads, and they walk 10 miles back to their house without a drop falling on that path. You know why they can do that? Alignment. Perfect alignment in their shoulders from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. They're able to carry heavy loads because of proper alignment. And what I think has been going on in the last year, really it's been ever since we began, there has been a deep hunger in this church to remain properly aligned to carry the heavy load of the lost here in this city. Mm, I'm telling you, I saw it a few Sundays ago when we did spiritual warfare. Amen. Alignment happened right there in that moment as we saw the power of God move. It happened here this past Sunday. I tell you, it was so neat to see seven people receive the Holy Ghost, but was even deeper and special than that is to look and see so many people from different ancestries and different heritages, people of different skin colors and different cultures, the young, the old, so many people coming together. You want to know how we're able to do that and to function and to love each other and get along it is because we have love for each other in perfect alignment and love for God in perfect alignment that's how you really love him I thank the Lord he loved us with everything that he had Jesus put his heart into it he put his soul into it he put his mind into it And he put his strength into it. He would be walking down the road trying to get from point A to point B and a leper, somebody that nobody would have anything to do with, a horrible disease that you didn't want to get. He would stop and take time for a leper. The Gentiles the people that Israel feared and blocked themselves away from. They would come running to him, begging him to heal their sick mother or to cast the devils out of their daughter and he would give them time and attention. You know why? Because he so loved the world that he gave everything that he had. Love will make it happen. You know, Peter the apostle, full of faith, He was almost impulsive with it, always the first to speak, always the first to act. And The disciples were in a boat late one night, and they were so worried they were going to die because a storm was so fierce, and they looked out on the water and saw a man walking towards them, and they thought it was a ghost. But Peter said, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come out of this boat and walk on the water with you, because no ghost will get you to a place like that and Jesus said to his eye come on out and Peter got on out in perfect alignment in faith and love and confidence with the lord but you know what happened he saw the storm he looked around he could feel the waves even though his feet were there even though his strength was there even though the confidence was there his soul went to another level and his mind went to another level and in that moment he began to sink because he got out of alignment. But you look at stories like the woman with an alabaster box. You talk about alignment. Everybody else is being critical of Jesus. Everybody else is not showing him hospitality, but she walks in with the most valuable thing that she possessed, a very, very costly oil, a costly perfume, and breaks it and pours it on his head and on his feet. That was perfect love and perfect alignment. And it pleased the Lord so much. He said, she has prophetically done this because I'm gonna be buried here soon and this oil is gonna take me to my burial. And because of her love and her worship, she is going to be remembered forever. You look at the thief on the cross, a thief. What's going on right there in that moment on that cross? It is perfect love and alignment. Well, another thief is cursing and speaking railing accusations. And everybody else is, is, is speaking against what is going on there. One man, before he's about to die, he just simply says, Lord, remember me when you get into my kingdom. And the Lord said, I will remember you. This day you will be with me in paradise. You know what happened there? He's in pain, but his heart was towards Jesus. He's in pain, but his mind is on him. He's in pain, but he's given him his strength. He's in pain, but he's given him his soul. And that perfect love aligning with God gave him an eternity in heaven. If you're feeling like it's not working out for you right now, if you feel like you and God are not as close as you used to be, what is lacking in your life? Is it your mind? Is it your soul? Is it your heart? Is it your strength? Because you can't just have one. You've got to have all of it, loving the Lord. Mm. You know, most of us guys have a great uh, connection between mind and body. We really do. And we really are not usually in conflict. You know, the most ugliest man can get in front of a mirror and say to himself, oh, I look so good. Mm. But a girl, a lady, a lot of times the mind and the body, not a whole lot of connection. They can stand in front of a mirror and have a zit or a blemish right here and not even want to come out of the house because they don't feel pretty enough. If you're not careful, you can get disconnected between yourself, within yourself, and take that same disconnection to others and to God. Understand this. God doesn't expect anybody to be perfect. He just simply wants love from everything and every aspect of your life. And if you're not careful, you can look at your life and say, because I don't have the nicest things, Those nicest things mean that my love is not nice enough for God. You can look at your life and look at all of your mistakes and say, because I'm so flawed, my love is not going to work with God. It is easy to look at yourself and feel so broken and so hopeless and feel like, I know God's love is real, but I can't love Him back. Understand this. God is looking for love anywhere and anybody he can find it from. He's not looking for the perfect. He's not looking for the unflawed. He's just looking for a heart. He's just looking for somebody to start thinking about him. He's looking for somebody to open up their soul and put him at the forefront of every choice. He's looking for somebody to put their strength into it. And when you do that, he looks past your mistakes. He looks past your faults. He looks past your failures because more than your stuff, he wants your love. More than your abilities, he wants your love. More than your talents, he wants your love. That's what he's looking for. The summit is say back to him, I love you too, God. And I know I don't got much, but I've got a heart for you. I know I don't got much, but I've got a lot of thoughts for you. I know I don't got much, but I got a soul that wants you. I know I don't got much, but I've got some strength. And what strength I have, it's all yours, God. And when you do that, watch alignment take place in your life and love like you can't imagine between you and heaven. Let's all stand together. I feel like it's clicking for somebody. You've known for a long time your heart has not been in it. It's just been going through the motions. God is saying, I want more love from you than that. Put your motions with your heart. Some of you in here, you know your heart is there, but you haven't made a move for God in a long time. It's time to put the worship into it. It's time to put the praise into it. It's time to put it all back and get it all in alignment with God. I'm talking to somebody you are just so close and just so near to God. Because when alignment happens, that's when the supernatural takes place. When alignment happens, amen, that's when the power takes place. I'm talking about a God, amen, whose love can supersede darkness, whose love can supersede depression, whose love can supersede all of the social ills that we are dealing with right now. You want to know why the globe is in so much instability? It's because of hate. But there is a church and a people that has got a message, and it's not a message of hate, but it's a message of love. It's a message of love. About a month or so ago, some of you were here, you remember we were worshiping, and it was like the volume and the intensity went up another level, and we could just feel it and sense it. It was time. It was not time to stop and to move on with the service, but we just let it go. And I know, and you knew, that the Lord was just loving his presence, being entertained. And I just began to pray within myself. I said, Lord, I feel your love here. I feel it. I feel so much good things happening right now. I feel so many good things for this year. You know what God spoke to me right over here? Spoke it in the audible ear of my mind. God said... I like what I feel. And I was shocked at that. I thought God likes to feel. I thought He was God. It's not about feelings, but the Lord assured me, He said, No. I want my people to feel me, but you know what else is nice? I want to feel them. That's why we're not quiet in worship, that's why we don't just stand there with our hands in our pockets. How do you get somebody's attention that's far away? Hey, 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 hey! How do you want God's attention? If you want to get somebody's attention? What do you do? Hello! How do you let God know you're here? I worship you, Lord. I love you, God. Oh. One of the greatest things we can do as human beings is talk to each other. You know what God wants? Like the old timers used to say, a little talk with Jesus makes it right. When's the last time you talked to him? When's the last time you opened up to him and told him the things that are going good in your life, the things that are going wrong in your life? You know what that is? That's love. I feel like so many of us have come from a religious background where God was a a statue on a stage, or God was just a little one-time experience, a little one prayer, and after that, you're good. Around here, God is somebody to be connected with every single day. He wants to be in your life every day. This is a commandment, church. It's not optional. It's not just a privilege, but you and I are commanded to love him. To love only Him. You want to know where paganism right now? It's in the church. The people that teach that God is three, you're missing the greatest commandment. But You're in a church now, God is one, He's only one. There is no three there at all. It's all one. Maybe that's why for a long time you've felt off with God. Maybe you need to get back to the revelation of the oneness of Almighty God. Realize you don't have to love two or three, but you get to have a relationship with one. When you say Jesus, you've said Father. When you've said Jesus, you've said Son. When you've said Jesus, you said the Holy Spirit. When you said Jesus, you said the Lion. When you said Jesus, you said the Lamb. If you can get this, you can have love in your life for God like you could even imagine. Is there anybody that wants to come forward today and just love him with all that you got today? Is there anybody here you want the Lord to feel how you're feeling right now about him? Come forward. He wants to be loved. Anybody want to pour it out like Mary's alabaster box? Does anybody want to let it go like the thief on the cross? Does anybody just want to abandon everything and just love him for a moment and only love him? Come on, get your mind off your schedule now. Get your mind off your work and just love him right now. Get your mind off tomorrow and get your love on him right now oh it feels so good to love him come on a power is coming back to you right now amen you're going to feel things you haven't felt in years it's time to get an alignment check right now don't be pulled to the left don't be pulled to the right but stay on the straight and narrow I just love you Jesus more than anything I just love you God I just love you God That's right. You're in a safe place to pour it out. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here right now. God is walking in this altar call right now. Come on, somebody. Get your eyes off the storm. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes off what everybody else is saying and keep your ears on his voice. Love him, love him, love him, love him, love him. Love him, love him, love him. I love you, Jesus. I just love you, Jesus. Come on, if you got tears, go and let them go. Hallelujah. May the Lord give you a new tongue right now. May the Lord give you a new deep love for him inside of your innermost being. May you do something new with him in worship you've never done before. Oh, praise the Lord. I just love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.